Let's return to All Things Employment with Vicki Causa on TalkZone.com. Okay, we're back, and we're continuing our chat with Pam Grushka and Carol Celeste on the topic today is inside the interview. And if you've been listening to the beginning of the show, we talked about behavioral-based questions, how best to answer those, what to expect, what is the interviewer looking for. But the last segment of the show, we're going to talk about some other questions. These are the tough questions that many people have told me they have a lot of difficulty coming up. I'm going to discuss these questions. We'll talk a little bit about what they mean and maybe how best to answer them. So without wasting too much more time, I want to jump into them and ask the first one. And Pam and Carol, either one of you want to jump in and answer this one. Here's a tough question. I know I've been asked and other people have been asked as well. When do you have difficulty making choices? Now, let me just say one thing before we do jump into the answer. Notice that all of these questions are open-ended. None of them will be yes or no. Every question requires some kind of of an answer. So, again, when do you have difficulty making choices? Which is different from do you have difficulty making choices? Absolutely. We would have asked the question some 20 years ago. (laughs) Exactly, and that would have been yes or no. No, I make good choices. I never have difficulty. But here we're asking when do you have difficulty. So what what would be a, a way to respond to that? So I would say if I have um, lots of information that I need to um, digest and maybe it's, um, you know, not something that I'm inherently uh, knowledgeable about, um, I would try to gather as much as I can and then um, talk to the experts about the information that's in front of me and then, um, you know, get some um, opinions about it and then be able to um, come forward with a choice or a decision. But I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't presume that the information I have in front of me is um, that I can just take it at face value. I would look to experts to help me with that. Pam, what about you? I would say that, uh, so think about when, when that that would be an example of of one answer or one time when someone has difficulty making choices whatever yours is when when there are these questions that are you know getting at what's harder or more difficult for us i would take a minimal approach and and by that i mean answer the question but i wouldn't belabor it when when asked about successes when asked about projects that you got a lot of um, results from or that, those are the ones where I would give more details. A question like this, I would, I would think, all right, let me give them two or three characteristics of when it's difficult for me to make choices. And again, take that one step further and say, but here's what I do about it, just like Carol did, and, and here's how it helps me to, to make the choices in a timely fashion. So, um, you know, answer the question. But when they're getting at these, what, you know, might be a little bit more negative, I, I would spend less time on my answers with that because I think there's less opportunity then for the interviewer to find fault. 
I think that's an excellent way to put it. And I also think to Carol's point when, you know, the question, when do you have difficulty making choices? And she mentioned one answer may be when I have so much information to look at, I'm not 100% sure and I have to call on experts to help me decipher. My personal response to that usually is when I don't have enough information. When do you have difficulty making choices? When I don't have enough information and I need to rely on the experts to help me get the information that I need. So again, three different things to think about with this question. You know, you can answer it in obviously the way that fits your situation, but there's not really a right or wrong answer to this particular question. You need to come up with something, obviously, but it's something that fits the situation you are in. So in one respect, Carol's answer would have been having too much information Mine would have been having not enough information. And Pam's is right in the middle that says, come up with the, the, the description of what it is. Don't belabor the point. Get the information out regardless of what it is and move to the next question. So I think that's a great deciphering of that particular question. So that's three good ways of looking at it. So let's let's look at another question here. I know we've got a, a couple that we want to talk about, but there's a couple here that I want to make sure we don't run out of time on. And this is the one I want to ask, especially in this day and age, the answer to this question may be pretty simple, but I think, you know, the question is worth talking about. Why did you or why do you want to leave your current position? Now, if you've been caught up in a downsizing or a layoff, it's easy enough to say. But if you're still working and they ask this question, Carol, what would you think would be the best way to craft an answer to this? Why did you or do why do you want to leave your current position, especially in this market? <laughs> I think if... Um Perhaps you've worked there for some time and you realize that, um, you know, you've advanced to a point where there really are no additional opportunities for you to continue to develop skills or learn. Um, if you know about the company you're interviewing with, and you should because you should have done your homework before you went there, you would be able to cite examples of how you'll be able to not only contribute to the organization but learn something from them while you're there. And so your enthusiasm, you know, obviously contained, but um, but your enthusiasm for what you can learn, how you can contribute, would be um, the main reason that I would cite as a reason why I would be willing to leave my current position in these economic times um, to go to work for another employer. Yeah, I think it puts it absolutely front and center, and I think that's an excellent point, especially I think if someone is still working – but is looking to, to make a, a choice to leave, I think that's a great way to put it. But now let's take that one step further. What if the position is less than the position they had? So, you know, you're, you're interviewing for a position. You were the managing director of a large organization, but the position this particular company has is really a, a section leader or a segment leader. So even in that, Carol, what would you think would be an appropriate answer? You know, this, I think, goes along, too, with people who have much more experience looking for jobs of lesser skill because they need to find work. How do you answer that question of why are you taking a lesser position? I think you have to be honest and talk about the things that you are really good at and um, and perhaps um, and use those things that you're good at to, um, again, contribute to this employer that you're considering and that's considering you. If you've been successful leading an entire function and one of the things that you've enjoyed is mentoring others, the opportunity to do that in a smaller organization um, might be very appealing because you are better able to see the results of your efforts in a smaller organization than if you were to take another position much like the one you've just left. 
I don't know, people have a different opinion about that? Did we lose uh, Pam? Yes, I'm sorry about that. I uh, had mute on like we often do on these situations. <laughs> I think that um, I, I, I completely ag- agree with Carol, and, and I think that, you know, my guidance is, as, a, as an interviewee, this is always a tough question. And I, I believe that if you do two things, if you're truthful and genuine, then people can feel that. Here's what I mean. It, it goes along with what Carol said. Even though you may have a job, there's something about that job that no longer is, is the best fit or is no longer as engaging for you as it once was. Now, I don't recommend you come out and say that necessarily, but I, I think that it, it, especially in the circumstance of a lower position, is, as Carol said, talk about your passion. Talk about your talents and skills. If you genuinely feel that the title and rank is not as important to you as the type of work you're doing, then say that. If that's truthful and genuine, people will be able to hear and, and feel that, and you're able to say so that while it may appear to be a step down, in my mind it isn't because I'm able to bring my talents and my passions to the table, and that's what's most important to me, to do work that I love and that I can contribute to. And I think those are great answers, and I also think that because of the fact that we're in a situation, and I've gotten this a lot, and you guys might have as well, with clients coming and talking to me about the fact that they're not getting calls for some jobs because their experience is higher than the job, and or when the interviewer or recruiter finds out that they've had a, a, a larger title than the job implies, they're not wanting to speak with these individuals. But again, we're talking about being inside the interview, and if you get the job, get into the interview situation, and these questions are asked, I think those are great examples on how to handle those. Now, here's another one I think a lot of people will relate to. And again, we want to talk about the best way to perhaps craft an answer or what the interviewer is looking for. And the question simply is this, how do you handle tension with your boss? Now, you could be working for the best person in the world and you get along really well, but there will be a situation or a time when there may be tension. Or you may be working with somebody who you're not that fond of and don't get on that well with, and tense situations may come up more often than not. So, again, for our listeners, Pam and Carol, what would we suggest? How do you handle tension with the boss? Carol, you want to take a shot at it? I think the most important thing in any situation where there's tension is communication. And... um This is also an example of where your diplomacy skills may come into play. Um, But I think it's important that if that situation has um, occurred in your past, you want to talk about that at the interview, it's important that you talk about how you initiated the communication with that manager and um, what responsibility did you take for the tension um, that was between the two of you and then what actions did you take to try to resolve it going forward. I think it's important to demonstrate, again, diplomacy, initiative, strong communication skills, and accountability. And that's what um, is behind that question when an employer asks. I think that's a great way to put it. Pam, anything you want to add to that? I think it's, um, it's, it's just a, a little bit of an offshoot of what Carol said. 
exhibit accountability. She said mm. that. I think it's very important. Don't place blame. Don't in, it, focus on, you know, what your boss did or didn't do necessarily that created the tension, but more about, you know, how were you accountable? Because there's two in every situation where there's tension, but what you really want to do is show that, that you are accountable, that you're half of that equation, and, and what you do. And I think um, that way you also, once again, don't come off as negative or complaining about personalities or bosses. You want to stay away from that. I think that's excellent, too, and I think each of us has had our own situations where there's been tension with the boss. And on a personal note, you know, when I had situations where I was tense with my boss, the best thing for me to do would be to walk away from the situation, be as diplomatic as I possibly could be, and just give myself time to just calm down and just take a deep breath. And I think that's one of the techniques that, Pam, you mentioned before in an interview even, take a deep breath, think about what you want to say, and then say it. Because tension with a boss can make or break the career, right? I mean, everybody loses their temper, and if the boss loses their temper, it's different than you losing your temper. So tension with the boss is a big one, especially in this time when so many people are doing without, when so many people are being asked to do two jobs because a lot of their colleagues have been let go, or companies are being asked to do without for various reasons. I think it's just very difficult for that not to be tension. And to be able to handle yourself in such a way, I think it really makes a big difference. We're just about out of time now, so I wanted to go back and just talk a little bit about what we just did, why we did it, and what, what you can expect next. Again, what we tried to do in this particular segment of the show, and again we called it Inside the Interview, was to talk in detail with two HR colleagues who have been in the HR field for quite a few years. I think the three of us combined probably have about 16 years experience working within the field of HR. So the three of us have really been involved in many different situations. What we really want to do with this particular show and going forward is getting folks in transition ready for that interview, getting them ready for what happens during the interview. So we talked about two very specific topics behavioral-based questions, which again talk about they're asking questions to sort of determine what your behavior was in former roles or in former situations that may be an indicator of how you're going to react and how you're going to be acting or performing in their company. So those are some of the behavior questions we had. You know, give me an example. Describe a time. When have your skills, you know, been been to the test? You know, describe environments. Tell me about a situation. These are the different things that just, that really imply a behavior question. So when you're in an interview and you begin to hear these questions, you immediately know that that's what they're looking for. They're looking for behaviors. And then the other side of the question, when we talk about the tough questions, you know, people get thrown by a lot of these questions. A lot of the times, you know, people will tell me I had no idea how to answer it. I kind of looked like the deer in the headlights when they asked the question. But think about some of these things. Talk, you know, talk, talk out loud a little bit about some of the things that are of a concern to you with, you know, maybe a colleague who can help you through the interview process. Get, get yourself comfortable with some of these tough questions. You know, when did you have difficulty? Why did you do this? How did you handle that? The one question we didn't get to, and we'll talk about this at length on the teleseminar, so make sure you get on our website and get your name on the list. You know, why does your resume have gaps? Tell us, tell us why you, you weren't working for two years at this point, and why did you leave jobs so frequently? These are the kinds of questions that interviewers are looking for. And again, because the competition is what it is, it's very difficult to help set yourself apart, which is what we're trying to do. So we're just about out of time this week. I want to thank Pam and Carol 
again very much for your time and for your insight. I think you've given a lot of very good information to our listeners. I want to remind everybody to get on our website, allthingsemployment.com. We've got lots more information there, and you will find information shortly about our teleseminars. And if you have any questions or comments, you can always write me at the show. You can go on our website and jot down a note, and I'll be happy to answer the questions if I can. Again, we're out of time. I want to thank you for listening. You've been listening to All Things Employment on TalkZone.com.